last three weeks talking out of this theme of unchanging, who God's character is and also who his church, what he's living out through us, that is not affected by all the changes in our society, that's not affected by every shift that happens even in, uh, in our culture, in our nation, in our weather. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the fixed place. He's the place that's the rock that is solid that we can put our trust in and we can live vulnerably with him because he's safe. And his church, the church of Jesus, is, has that permanence in truth and in purpose. And so this is what we call timeless vision, something that does not change. Today I'm going to talk about a, a timely vision or something that we believe that God is saying to us Corporately, And when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about the three congregations of Antioch in this region. And uh, about two months ago, we had what was called the U.S. Con. It's the United States Leadership Conference for Antioch. It was a great time where uh, pulling together, we were able to, to turn up the dial with all of our pastors and staff and leadership teams. And... I experienced God's presence in a significant way there. It was something I'd come in. I've had a, uh, a really weary season that came in there after giving more time to Jesus, more time to prayer, more time to his word. But I needed the fire also. It's like I was building the wood in, and I needed that life to come. And I started experiencing that in a really accelerated way during that meeting. A couple of days after that meeting, I also lined up to meet with some friends that are uh, missionary leaders in Southeast Asia. And it's, it's a meeting we used to do on an annual basis when we lived in Indonesia. And it just so happened because of their, their furlough schedules and different things, everybody was in the country at that point in time. So we got together for two days, and during that time, the format that we have is to be as brutally honest as possible. There's six men, and we give each one two hours. And during that time, we just say, what do you need? You can talk about your vision, your ministry. You can talk about your marriage. You can talk about your devotional life. You can talk about your sin issues. You can talk about whatever you want. But we are committed to going to the bone with you. Before you finish this time, we're trying to, to see the things that you don't see. And get to places where whatever breakthrough needs to happen in your life, we're, we're going there. And these guys know each other well. We know each other's uh, spouses and children. And we've, we've had this experience before. So it's, it's no holds barred aggressive conversation with six men that want Jesus desperately. When my time came up, I talked about a number of different things. And their, their word to me was interesting. Now I, so I'm kind of a father to these guys. Walked with them in, in a lot of different ways. And, uh, but, uh, during that context, I am, I want it too. I'm hungry. I want to hear the voice of God. I want what he has for me. And they had one word that was really interesting. I said, Mark, you know, it's complimentary, encouraging. It's, you know, I, I, I felt very loved, but they said in the gifts in your life, we feel like there's something that needs to move up. You need to give place to this more in this next season. And that's the prophetic. He said, God is highlighting this, and he's wanting to increase this. And, uh, you know, yes, you're a builder. Yes, you do these things. But this is where I want to work. And, and uh, 
they said it to me with a, an edge. It, was, uh, it wasn't just, hey, nice, be nicer. Mark, if you don't do this, you know, this is what has, this is obedience for you. This is the place where the, uh, not only God's going to bless, but this is a place where God is, is putting his finger in your chest and saying more. And uh, so I was kind of, whenever I experience God's presence in a really strong way, you know, these are intangible things that we're talking about. What is the presence of God? I, 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 uh, I have a couple of definitions in my own mind. He's with us. Jesus said, I'm with you always until the end of the age. I'll never leave you or forsake you. There's no place that God is not. But there's some places that he's more. And that's so places of purity, places of righteousness, places where he is worshipped. The density is what I can think of. It's like it's accumulating growth of the presence of God intensifies in certain places. And for me, the experience that I have emotionally is that time stands still. When God is really there, it's like... And then I get this kind of a vibrating thing going on. It's like, mm, I'm plugged into a light socket. I don't know what's happening right now completely. But, mm. And uh, so, uh, and, and just because I have certain physical phenomena doesn't mean that God is not with me. Uh, just because I have or don't have that is not a measurement of God's love for me. It's not a, a measurement of his presence in the sense that his faithfulness. But in my life, over time, I'm say, I, I do say, oh, something significant is happening that I really need to pay attention to. And so this is what I believe is happening in my life. And, and uh, you get the blessing of the strength of leadership, and you get... The, the difficulties of the weakness of leadership. But I'm just telling you, God is turning the dial up in this area. And the impression that I have, that I've been speaking out, is we are, going, we are moving into a wave of the prophetic that will in, increase and inspire apostolic initiative. And I'm, I'm desperate I'm at a season of my life where we've, you know, we've checked a lot of boxes. We've worked at crossing our T's. We want to do things with, with excellence. We've dotted our I's. We're, we're asking for more integrity. But I want more of the power and the presence of God, this active, dynamic, dynamic, transforming power in my life. And I want it for us as a community. And I'm, I'm, I'm not casual about this. This is not a vacation mentality. I am so hungry that God would increase the intensity of his work in our lives and through our lives. So there's a passage that as I start breaking down apostolic and prophetic that I, I want to go to immediately. And that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, these five different gifts to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
So God has gifted men and women for the purpose of growing up communities into clearly understanding who they are in health and maturity. So we have these different emphases that are they're like streams, they're gifts. These are not personalities. These are gifts. And uh, these are things that, we, that God has given. They're gifts from heaven that allow us to grow into all of God's will. His will in his character in our lives, his will in, in all relationships, his will in his, pur- his purposes for our lives. So these five things... Apostle. Uh, if we did apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, apostles govern, prophets guide, evangelists gather, pastors guard, and teachers ground. So I've just, I'm just going to talk about these five, then I'm going to go down to the two, then I'm going to go down to application today, all right? So apostles govern, they're pioneering, it's initiative, mission, purpose, action. And the prophetic is guidance. It's seeing and hearing. It often relates to repentance, conviction of sin, clarity of identity, and a value of purity. Evangelists gather. They're, they're thinking about who's not in the room. They're, they're thinking about the, the, not just physical conditions, but they're thinking about the spiritual environment and the, the motivation of the death of Jesus on his cross to gather people that are lost for himself. They are, uh, they're thinking about people that haven't heard yet, haven't had the opportunity to hear. What can we do? And pastors guard. They care. There's protection. There's counsel and healing. They want it to be safe. For teachers, they're thinking about accuracy, especially Bible, clarity, and commitment, instruction, truth. So, I'm just going to kind of go through this list, and you can vote for more than one of these, but you can't vote for more than two, okay? I'm just kind of giving a feel of what's happening. But I want you to, if you identify with teacher, you want the accuracy in the Word, just put your hand up and down. If you identify with pastor, I want that guarding, caring. Put your hand up or down. Evangelist, like you want the lost to be saved. I want to see those hands. Go up and down. Prophet, you want to hear the word of God, you want repentance, conviction of sin. There you go. The, those hands go higher, faster. It's like, <laughs> then the, the apostolic, you want this pioneering mission, purpose, action. Hands up and down. So, my point in that little illustration is there's diversity in the room. We're not all five of these things, there's a strength and an emphasis. And we want each one of them to step forward. As I emphasize any gift at any point in time, I know that there's a balance in the whole. You know, if we just have one of these, they, will, they, they have negative effects if they're, if they're not brought into balance. But as we're emphasizing for this season, the apostolic and prophetic, here's, here's what I see. First of all, this is about gifts. It's not about titles. We're not looking for positions to be filled and name tags and people to have value because they have a certain title attached to them. We, we are looking for the substance. 
We want the reality of these things. And really, it's, it's not ever to be intended to be just one person or a couple of people that are doing this. Oh, those are the prophets over there. I, I, don't, I don't like titles because it, it gives a wrong focus. We should all be growing as a prophetic people. We should all be growing in each one of these things. Each one of these gifts are meant to mature the church so that all of these pieces should be in the body. Now, what do I mean? I'm going to break this sentence down. A wave of the prophetic. I'm talking about an increased level of intensity for a season. For something where the water level goes up and it, it'll come back down. And in this, I, I believe we're talking months, a year, where, where there's just like, there's this life flow that's drawing us. We have to choose any kind of a word, any impression. We have to make some choices, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about specific steps that I think that God may be leading us to. But, but we're, we're not creating something. I believe, as I'm saying this, I'm recognizing what God is doing. We're getting in on what He is doing, not creating something out of nothing. I've been just saying, wow, it's just like this initiative came into my life. Like, Mark, this is increasing. Okay, okay. And, it, and this is going to increase in the community. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. It's like Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. What I, what I feel is that in creation, it says the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, there's this hovering presence of the Holy Spirit, and God said. There's this creative, dynamic birthing process, and then a release of the will of God. And uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I, here we are in, in, uh, in Boston, in New England, and there is, there is a perceived resistance to the church that I feel like some of those walls have gone down, and we haven't realized it. There's an openness that is here, and we are operating out of previous resistant experiences. The door is opening up, and we're imagining it's still closed, and we need to stand up and walk through those doors and not judge the culture for where it has been, but believe God for where it's going. So, prophetic is going to be practically walking out prayer and fasting and worship in a greater way. Next month, we have three days of prayer and fasting. Phil's going to teach on it that Sunday, and then we're just saying to everyone here, I want you to fast more than you have in the past. I want you to turn the dial up. Is there a place where you can expand and grow? Let's do that as a community, to see a release of these things in our lives. Now, we're going to move into some very practical steps, and then we're going to do it. We're going to have a time of prophetic ministry this morning as we enter into worship. So practically, I want to say what it's not. You know, if people that have been in the church for a long time, and you've listened to X number of tapes from somebody at Bethel or some other church or movement, uh, you know, I, when I was in college, my wife and I, you know, we, we would hear the prophets coming within 100 miles, and we were in our cars like, I'm going to hear the prophet. 
And uh, I just wanted this dynamic experience with God. And, uh, but there are times where there's weirdness as well. Anybody ever had weirdness? They've been connected to prophetic weirdness anywhere? You want to close your eyes and lift your hand right now? So what it's not, it's not new scripture. We're always in line with the Bible. Unchanging truth, amen. So what it's not, prophetic ministry is not, here's the phrase, no mates, no dates, no direction, no correction. So it's never, you're going to marry so-and-so. That is a demon. That is control. That's someone trying to overpower your will. You don't force relationship purposes on anyone in the name of God. Say, boo, devil, don't do that. No dates. I just sensed that September 11th is a special day for you where you're supposed to no. Any, any time out in the future where you're putting numbers on things, I, I, that is not healthy, especially when you're placing that on another person, okay? No direction. You're not, again, see, you have autonomy in your will before the Lord. People can't tell you what to do. You have to test everything that is said to you and say, is, does that line up with Scripture? Is that what's lining up in, in my life? Am I hearing that? Prophetic is just confirmation. As I, uh, Homer Owen, look at my wife Susan, older man, who's in his 80s now. I learned how to say hallelujah from him. And, uh, but uh, I thought about Homer and forgot totally what, he, what I was thinking Confirmation. Oh, he said, he said, prophecy is just sitting at a table with Jesus with a bunch of friends and overhearing what he says to someone. We're all sitting around here and he's talking to someone and I just, oh. So it's confirmation. It's clarity. And no correction. Yeah, you know, if there's correction, just stay in your right mind and own the responsibility of emotionally of having that conflict with someone. Don't throw God's set on top of that. Does that make sense? We're not, we don't use these, we don't play the God card with any of these things and come on in a heavy in order to impose our will on somebody else. That is unhealthy and damaging. And we want to create a strong environment that allows people to move forth boldly and to speak what they have but that doesn't require you coming on strong and speaking with a different tone of voice. and You can be excited, but you don't force yourself in a person. You're having a conversation. It's never heavy or demanding. It's not for you. When you're speaking something in line with the Holy Spirit, you're blessing. You're not taking from them. So what it is, it's insight and wisdom that are rooted in a depth of relationship with Jesus out of the Bible and the character of God. Jesus, Christ in words, and that which leads to Christ-like living. So, 
you don't move out into extremes of like risks of speaking the word of the Lord unless you are spending a chunk of your life in the Bible. Get rooted in the word of God. Love this word because you this is his voice. I there I I'll use my I brought my paper today. No. I love this. I have paper editions of this that I've worn out and written all over, and I've got them on a shelf in my house. Some of them I gave away. I gave away this one. I look back, why did I give that Bible away? I was a passion of the moment. Love the Word of God. Take my Bible. And, uh, uh, but uh, I'm just telling you, every day, I mean, I'm, I've moved from listening, uh, in this season, I've moved from listening to the news while I drive to listening to worship, worship music to just listening to the Bible as I drive. I just feel such a need for the cleanest, purest voice I can get my hands on. In the, in the midst of all of this noise and cluttered voices, I want the purest words I can hear possibly pouring into my life. And this informs me and builds me and gives me clarity on anything that I might say to another person, anything that I might confirm with another person, has to line up with the balance of Scripture. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So two chapters before, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it lists out nine different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we want flowing in our lives. These manifestations, it's talking about gifts of healing, miracles, prophecies, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits, miracles. We want this wave of the voice of God, of the clarity of seeing His will to rise. Let a wave come. Do you, just under your breath or really loud, just say, Lord, let a wave come over our lives. Release a wave of your spirit on our lives. We are hungry for these things. And Paul's saying, eagerly desire it. He's not saying, that's got to be careful about that stuff. That's kind of scary. I gave some structure of warnings. Yes, there are things that can be wrong. But it also says, come and get it. Eagerly desire these things, especially, why? That you may prophesy. Now, the next verse says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, so this chapter 14 has a big emphasis on, on speaking in tongues and prophecy. And it does not say speaking in tongues is wrong. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. Read chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Read the whole thing to get a balance of what I'm talking about today. Read 12, 13, and 14. Read the entire book of 1 Corinthians, you know. <laughs> Just read the Bible every day. Um, but, uh, but, but in any verse that's quoted, as I'm, if, as I'm identifying these individual verses, read the context of all of this. And he, so he's not saying a negative thing about tongues. He said, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And, and he's talking about Prayer, but basic definition, tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. 
I don't know why it, God did it that way. He said, unconfusing language, you know, con- unclear language with interpretation equals prophecy. They are, they're the same. There's, but God works in these different ways. Indeed, no one understands. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening. You, anybody need comfort? Anybody need strengthening? Anybody need encouraging? The Holy Spirit knows your number and knows how to give you a dead-eye word that will impart these things to your life. And we want a wave of that to come and increase in our lives individually and as a community. It brings clarity and understanding because of humility and insight. Hearing God's voice is a part of our lives. We have a relationship with God, and he speaks to us. So John, the 10th chapter, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Anybody know Jesus here today? Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. In the 27th verse, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Oh, there's Jesus is saying a whole lot here. There's security in relationship with him. There's freedom from fear in relationship with him. And my sheep hear my voice. So I'm a sheep. I hear the voice of God. I'm not hearing audible. I've never heard an audible. I, if you ever want to do an audible, Lord, go for it. I'm open to that. Angels, anything you want to do. Never experience any of that. What I get is what in, in a, one passage in Isaiah, is this terminology is this, a voice from behind. Or in, in the life of Elijah, still small voice. It's, it's an impression that feels strong. And it's in line with God's word, and there's clarity to it. That's, there's, and so when I, I get up, uh, sometimes I call it uh, saying the obvious. I get into a situation, it's like, seems pretty obvious to me, and I just say it. This is what's going on in the situation. So we are confirming what God, God's doing, and we're doing it out of humility, Because in Philippians 2, Paul said, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Look not to your own interests, but each of you look to the interest of others. So, I'm going to call some people up here in just a moment um, uh, in a general way. And, um, and, uh, And here's our instructions. For those that are speaking... It's what I say in, in a lot of contexts. In fact, Becky and the team, if y'all come on up here. In any kind of prophetic ministry, don't overreach. When God is speaking, it's peaceful. Don't force it or try to go beyond what you're hearing. Just give, give the little bit, and that's okay. That's enough. And test your impressions before making big statements. A lot of times, like, I used to feel like, Oh, if I'm really prophesying, I'm just going to be, Shazam, you know, where would that come from? And, uh, uh, but, but really, as the years go by, I want the person to get it more than I want to be impressive 
in delivering it. I want them to get as much of the substance of that. So I ask questions. I get an impression, and I'm trying to be accurate. And so I say, I say, is this what's going on in your life right now? Are you having some sort of experience like this? Or has this been a worry that you've had? And I'm zeroing in. When Susan and I are together, she calls it being the decoy. She'll ask people questions, and I'm just kind of going, hmm. She'll, ah, she's asking questions, then I come, then I'm able to be more accurate. And uh, she feels like a decoy because a lot of times I, people start crying, and this is a deep emotional thing that's happening. And she goes, I set them up. I didn't realize I was setting them up for you to attack in this intense way. <laughs> but I... But it's good. She said, just try not to do it at birthday parties, you know. (laughs) Spend time listening, serve and bless. And for those who are receiving this morning, test it. Someone says something, does that line up with the Bible? Does this line up with what I'm hearing from God? If you're going... That, you know, I was going this way, and that's telling me to go 10 miles the other direction. Then people make mistakes. This, we're not talking about Old Testament prophets where if you do it wrong, you get killed, okay? This is New Testament. us all, as a community, walking and learning to hear God's voice. And so we're, we can, you can take little steps. So test it. Ask questions. Sometimes you, you can say, did you mean that? You can have a conversation while this is happening. You don't have to be zoned out. You don't have to have a certain type of feeling. Our goal is clarity. So over the course of uh, the season of Life of Our Church, we've had, let's all stand up right now. Brian, I know you've got a, a baby. Can you pray with babies? Come on up here. Different ones. John Clark talks to his mother's. If you've been involved in prophetic or prayer ministry in the life of our church in the past, I want you to come up. You need to be prayed for or you're trying to hear God's voice on something that you can come forward and be prayed over. So I wanna, what I want to do is I want to ask you to pray with me for a wave to hit these guys. Would you like the strength of the gifting that God is operating in our community to increase? Do you want to see more of this life of God coming in a, in a more intense way? Part of it is just saying, if these are people that experience this and doing this, more, Lord. So we're, we, can, we can hear, God can hear us when we're all praying individually, and he can hear us when we're all praying at the same time. Does that make sense? You can be in all your houses all over town, praying at the same time, and God hears you. And he can do that when they're all in the room together, all praying at the same time. He hears us. Complication sometimes is us. Like, you may not be used to other people praying around you and you being able to focus in that environment. But we do this. So I want us all to pray at the same time. Ask for release of the Holy Spirit's life and power and accuracy and anointing on these. Let's pray all together. Lord Jesus.